Romans chapter 13. We got down to about verse 11. But thinking about what we've already looked at and what we've already heard through this chapter, he's exhorting the church to to live out the salvation that God's given to us. And, you know, that, that encouragement, you find that you find that all over the New Testament that God has done this great work and as a result of that great work it affects our lives and how we live and how we interact with all things in this life from family to work to the government. And so we've, we've come down through all of that and if you remember, and I'm sure you do, in chapter 12 how that love was covered a couple times there. And then to sum it up again here in 13, we looked last time at the fulfilling of the law is love. That was the message of the law of God. So as he's covered that, uh, verse 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So those are the verses we'd like to cover. And honest, the picture here that he gives is, I don't know, I've seen it this week, how that I've never seen it before. And what a great picture that it is. So what you've got is you've got a, here's the day. And you know, the Lord Jesus said, I work the works of Him that sent me while it's day. For the night cometh, that no man can work. So here it is, and, and he says it's high time, knowing the time, that it is now time to awake out of sleep. So here's a picture of a fella, and it's getting up in the day. It's not morning anymore, but we're up in the day. We're at 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock. We're after lunch. The day's waxing on and getting away, and, and the man's still laying in the bed asleep. He's still got his pajamas on. And he's laid in the bed asleep. And the call is, you're wasting the day that you've got to get this work done. You've got this work that that needs to be accomplished and you're wasting the time that the Lord has provided for you to do that. So he says it's time to wake up, put off your pajamas. You don't want to, you can't work in your pajamas. Put off your night clothes. Put on your working clothes and get out there and begin to work. So that's the picture we've got here. And so he says, and that knowing the time, that it is now high time. So you think about this. We, we've all, if you look at our lives as, as a day, thinking about that scripture that the Lord says, I work the works while it's day, the night cometh that no man can work. That, that doesn't mean that after dark he can't work for the Father. That's, 
not what he's talking about daylight naturally speaking, but Jesus had a set time on this earth and there was a time that the Lord was going to go to the cross and leave this world and He was going to have no more interaction in body form with mankind. So while I have the opportunity, I'm going to do the works that God who sent me has given me to accomplish. I've got a short amount of time to accomplish this. And that's the way we ever want are. Whether you look at that naturally, uh, and you can look at that really in any facet of life, whether it's to work in the world, to care for your family, uh, all of these things, we've got a short amount of time. But here we're, we're looking at the work for the Lord. So the Lord has saved us and brought us into this labor of love, this work of faith and labor of love. And so what, at what time of day are we at? And you say, well, it's after, just after 10 o'clock. But we're talking about individuals and we're talking about our life here. So those that are young, maybe it's early in the morning. As you get older, the time is drawing near to darkness. The end of work is approaching. Our opportunity to work and to labor is drawing to a close. And you know, I, I realize we say that. We say, well, the young, uh, maybe I'm 35 years old. Maybe you're at, at high noon. Well, by nature that may be true, but my time may be a lot closer to dark for me than what you might think. We may at any time be called out of here. We may be at, in the 11th hour of our life and be completely and totally unaware of it. But just by following nature, and you look as you would look on a clock, if 7 o'clock is dark, how close are we to that 11th hour? How close are we to the close of our life? How much time, realistically, how much time do we have left to work the works of God that we have to do in this life? Because the church and them that are born again we're stepping out into glory one day. We're going into a day of rest and worship and glory of the, the Lamb and the Father and the Spirit in heaven where there will be no more labor and toil. That day's coming. But see, we're, we're left here for a short span of time to work the works that God would have us to work. And so as, as we look at our lives individually, we look at the clock of our life. As David says, teach me to number my days. Let me to know how frail that I am. Let me to look and see. Let me not deceive myself about what I am and where I'm at in life. But let me to recognize just how frail and how quickly that life can leave me and teach me to realistically realize just how much time that I've really got left. Man's very deceiving to his own self about the time he's got. And so Paul says, knowing the time. So I believe you can reasonably, with your mind, you can look at your life, you can look at your age, you can take the estimate that we have in the Bible of 70, and I, I recognize we're very blessed today that the average life spans way beyond that. But if you look at that, you take all that together, what time is it in your day? The day that you're in, 
what hour and what time is it? And if, if you do that, you know, I, I'm able, I, I work a schedule, I work from 7 to 5.30. I'm able to look at my watch and if it says 4, I can say, well, I've got an hour and a half left to finish this before I go home from work because they're not going to pay me anymore. I'm not staying and donating my time. And so I I look at my watch and I figure that up. Well, let's do that in our life. Let's look at our lives, taking what we know. How much time, realistically, do we have left to serve and honor God in this world? You know what's happening? The night is coming. And he says here, he says, For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. So you could say, well, it's nearer than I thought. And that would be true. But i tell you what he's saying. It's nearer than the day you come and God saved you from your sins. It's much nearer than the day when God redeemed you from uh, darkness. Look at the time that is passed from the beginning of the day. That was the beginning of the day. When we were uh, as Gentiles walking in the darkness of the mind, we couldn't do any works. Not for the Lord. We were in darkness all the time. We were under the prince of the power of the air, the the prince of darkness. But that, when God saved us, Peter says the day star arose in our hearts. God let the light of God to shine in our hearts and there was the morning. That was the dawn. That was the time for work to begin. That was the time that now we're walking in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the mind of Christ within us. God has placed His Spirit to reside with us and to lead us and direct us and guide us through this life. God's redeemed us from sin and the corruption of the devil and it's time to work. Now if you look then from that day from that time when you believed, when you came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ till today, how much closer is your redemption? I mean, we're, we're getting close. The truth is, we're getting close. The day is nearer and it's quickly drawing nearer. And every day that passes the time of our life, the, the day of our life is drawing to a close the sun is beginning to set. You know, you can look at natural signs of the day and know about what time it is. You can look where the sun's at. You can, this time of year especially, you can feel the temperature. You can feel it in the afternoon and evening begin to wane downward. You know what that says? You don't even have to see the sun. But you know the day's drawing to a close. God's given us natural signs in this life as well to be able to look and see that our lives are drawing to a close. I know in in our world today, it's taboo to talk about dying. But it's a reality. We're going to die. The the lives of the church is going to be closed up. It's going to end in glory. We're going to end with the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's time. So he says, knowing the time that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. If you saw that lazy man laying in the bed at 12 o'clock and you're going to beat on his door to try to get him up because you need some help, would that, that would be aggravating to you. 
It is. I, you've seen it and you've, you've made comments. I guarantee you, you've seen somebody coming out of the house at lunchtime and they're in pajamas and they just got out of the bed. Right. It's aggravating, isn't it? Well, here the Lord's saying, look, we're way up past noon. We're way up in the day of our life. It's time now. If we're in the bed, it's time to take off the pajamas and get to work. Because the time to finish this work is drawing to a close. If I've got something that I'd like to finish, that I want to finish, and quitting time's coming near, then I'm going to work a little harder. I'm going to work a little faster. I'm going to be a little more diligent to try to finish this before I go to the house. Well, we're going home. Quitting time's coming. It's high time, as he says here, because our salvation is nearer than we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You see, the night, that's the time for sleeping. That's the time for slumber. It should be no surprise that at night that this person or that I'm in the bed asleep. But you know, in in the morning, in the morning at 7.30, if dad drives by and my car's still in the driveway and the lights are still off, he's going to say, I wonder what's wrong with him. And he's going to call, Joseph, you all right? Are you sick? Something wrong? You're not out at work. You know what he's saying? <clears throat> really? He's saying the day's getting on. He ought to be at work. He ought to be doing something. wonder what's wrong. So look at our lives. God God has saved us. He's brought us in. And we're not in the night anymore. The day is here. There's no excuse to not be late, is there? There's not, by the Word of God. It's time to cast off the works of darkness. So the pajamas. Get out of your pajamas. You see a lot of that today as well. But there was a time that it was a shame to be seen in your pajamas. It was a shame to be lazy and not accomplish anything. It was a shame to lay in the bed. And we may be far from that today. That's just about the majority trend today. But... We ought to be able to remember and recognize what he's saying here. Get out of your pajamas. Don't be seen lazing around. Don't be seen in a bed. It's high time. The day is waxing on for us to get up and to labor. The Lord told the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, in the garden, He said, you stay awake here and you watch and pray while I go yonder to pray. And the Lord returned the first time and they were asleep. At a time that God said to pray, they were sleeping. And it happened three other times. And the Lord come back the third time. Words that 
that's always weighed heavy on my heart. He said, sleep on now. No more time to pray anymore. No point. It's too late. This opportunity has gotten by you. You've slept through this opportunity. You've had your pajamas on and you've missed an opportunity to pray for strength and to pray for grace and to pray for help. Because you know what was about to happen? They were about to see their master be absolutely massacred before their eyes. You know what they needed? Some strength. Some help. They needed some, some of the love of God to encourage their hearts in this time. And they slept through their opportunity. Sleep on now. The time is coming for sleep. But while it's day, Jesus said this, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. There was a work for Jesus to finish. And Jesus finished that work. Paul says it this way. Paul says he's laid this course before us. The picture is a a race. And in a race in this world, there's a course that's laid out. Whether it's the Tour de France, where it's just a line through roads in the country, or NASCAR, where it's a circle track. There's a set course, and there's a set number of laps that's going to be accomplished before this race is run. Now I can ride from Doggett to Mars Hill and say I'm in the Tour de France, but that would not be. I'm not on the course that was laid out for that race. So God had a course for the Lord Jesus. Paul said He had a course for Him. And at the end of Paul's life, Paul said, I have finished the course. Wouldn't it be wonderful that as the sun is setting and going over the hill in our life, and now the picture, we're dying, that at the day of our death when the time for us to be called home comes, we could say we finished the course. We've done the work. Jesus said, my meat, my desire, is to finish His work. Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. So that was a question. A lot of times we say that as as he's declaring something. But he's asking them, do you not say, you know, if, if it was uh, April or May, wouldn't you say there's four more months and then harvest is coming? Because the corn's not ripe yet and the, the tobacco's not ready to cut yet. These things aren't, they're not ripe and mature yet. There's still some time that needs to pass before we harvest these. Well, that's natural. But the Lord says, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Behold, that means low, look. Lift up your eyes. Two different ways. The Lord's saying, open your eyes and look what's going on. Open your eyes and look at the fields. Open your eyes and look at our world and look at our families and look at the church and take all these things in and recognize that there's not time to lay back. But we've got to work from the Lord to accomplish. Look on the fields for they are white already 
to harvest. That's John chapter 4, verse 34. Don't put it off. It's high time. Well, we've got another month or two before we need to start working. That may be true on harvesting your pumpkins. That's not true on our work for the Lord. So he says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So in Ephesians, so we've got this work that God has accomplished in us. And he says this is Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 17. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So how are Gentiles walking? Well, I'll tell you where they're at. It's nighttime. They're in darkness. Well, I'm upset that they're not doing something for the Lord. Those that are in darkness... They can't work for the Lord. To expect someone that's in darkness to work for the Lord is to expect a wolf to be a sheep. And that that cannot be. You cannot make them that are in darkness work for the Lord. But he says here in Ephesians, don't be like them. There's a reason they're like they are. There's a reason that our world is wicked. There's a reason that people are not serving the Lord. It's because they've got a a vanity of the mind. That word, a lot of times it means empty. Here in Ephesians where it's written here, it means depraved. They've got a mind that's inclined towards evil. They're walking under the power of Satan and they're in darkness and their understanding is darkened, and they're ignorant. They do not know God. But the church is the church is the opposite of that on every spectrum, are they not? The church is not in darkness. God's illuminated them to the truth. The church is not under the power of Satan, but God's translated them into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. They're not in a place of ignorance of the truth because God's revealed and written the truth upon their hearts. So if that's true then, how could somebody that God's done this work in walk like the Gentiles that are lost? Brethren, that you walk not as other Gentiles. But he's going to go on down through here Take off the old man. Take off the man that used to live and have his way and put on the new. He's going to say here in Romans where we are, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. 
Because recognize this now. Just like you're not going to go out and work in the field in your jammies, but you're going to put on your working clothes to go out and work. You're, you, you see that? That's a great picture. I can see that. I understand that. Well, recognize this then. That the old man and the works of darkness, there's no work of God going to be done as long as that's what's on us. That's like going out to weed eat in my pajamas. That's foolishness. You can't get any work done that way. So he says, take those off. Lay the old man aside. As people that are saved, we ought to be able to distinguish the difference between that that's of God, that's born of God, and the old man, the man of the flesh, and his will and desire. So he says, lay off that old man. Don't let the old man continually have his way. You know what the old man wants to do? Lay in the bed. Continue in the works of darkness. I'm not talking about sleeping all day. That's the picture for us to get. The flesh wants to serve the flesh. The flesh wants to please himself and he wants to continue in works of darkness and not accomplish the work that he has to do. I don't want to work. Is that not the mindset of the world today? That's the mindset of your flesh as well. Even if you get up and go to work six days a week, you, you may do that. But in the kingdom of God, the flesh does not want to work. So you've got to lay off that that's a hindrance. Lay off your pajamas. Lay off the old man. Cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on... You know, God gave us clothes to wear. I've, I've got clothes for working. I've got clothes that I wear to my job. But I've got, I've got other clothes too that if I'm going to mow and weed eat, I've got clothes for that. If I'm going to be in the mud, I've got clothes for that. If I'm going to help Daniel cut trees, I've got clothes for that. So depending on what I'm going to be getting into, I've got something to put on that suits that time. Well, you know, God gave us some working clothes. Put on the armor of light. And I thought we could go back to Ephesians and look over all of that piece by piece again. And we won't take the time to do that. But God's equipped the church with what the church needs to accomplish the work of God in this life. But notice this now. He says, this is how He says it. Let us put on... So who's doing that? I, I believe exactly what John Wayne said today. I believe it ties in very well with this. That God's provided us, God's provided us with a revelation of His will, of His mind, of His love, of His judgment in the Word of God. God has in this book is the revealed mind of God. You want to know something about God? If 
If it's possible to know it, it's right here. You know, if my wife, she's got an encyclopedia of medicine she got in college. If she wants to know if, if something's prescribed, if so-and-so says, I'm starting to take this, if she wants to know what that is, you can go to that book, find it, and it'll tell you what it is and what it does and what it's for. You're going to reference that. That's, well, if you want to know about God, it's in this Word. This is the revealed will of God. And where did this come from? It came, it was divinely inspired. That word means breathed. It was breathed out from God. And I, I believe the picture is this. The picture is like Paul and Timothy. Here's Paul speaking it and Timothy's writing the letter. So God is speaking His Word and these men are writing that Word down. God gave us that. He's preserved it. And you could go through church history and history of the Word of God as a whole. Uh, amazing stuff. Stuff you should look at in your own time. But God's preserved it and we have it. We have it in our laps today. That that men were burn at the stake and drowned alive for at one time. God's blessed us to come to a day, I bet I've got 40 of them in my house. It's wonderful, ain't it? Thank God for that. But God gave us His revealed Word for us individually. God's a Word to me and to you and to the world. God has, by His power in Jesus Christ, made a way for us to come and supplicate with Him. To lay our petitions before Him. To lay that that troubles us before Him. To lay it out and to inform Him of all of it. And you say, well, God already knows. And God does already know before we ask. But God says, ask. And God says, you have not because you ask not. So does God know? Yeah, God knows. And you may know that I'm in trouble, but you're not going to help till I ask for it. You know, you know the way that is. I see a young one of my youngins, and I know they need help. But they are set, I can do it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let them figure out that they can't do it. And when they figure that out and they say, Dad, I'll be there. You know, that's the way the Lord is. You can't do this. Don't try to do this. Come to your Father and lay it out before me in prayer. We could go on and on. The church, He's provided a community of believers to gather for exhortation and for edifying that we might come together, that we could hear the Word of God, that we might be built up and established on the truth that God's revealed to one man this Scripture and that helps the church, another fellow this Scripture, and the church builds itself up in that. Edified and exhorted unto godliness. God's provided the Gospel for us. All of these things God's given... And the greatest of all of these, I, I, don't mean, I don't mean that wrong either, but God with us, 
the Holy Ghost in the inward man. God is, God is not just off at a distance that I've got to call on and get Him to come. But there is the Comforter, the Paraclete, the, the Companion that is with us at all times. God's given what we need. But you know, if, if I don't open the book, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it hurts to say that. Because we know already. We know, but that doesn't make us do. We know the time's getting up. It's getting up in the evening. But you know, if, if I don't open this and put some time into it, then really, I'm not going to know what the book says. And i tell you the truth, you could go to a revival and hear stuff off the wall that is not biblical and amen it because you don't know what the book says. Them in darkness... We shouldn't be surprised that they don't know. But God forbid that people that are in the light not know what the Bible says. That's, that's exactly right. So to spend time in the book and in prayer towards God I, I really believe that the importance of that cannot be overstated. That is, that's the very basics of the life of a Christian. That's putting on my blue jeans and lacing up my boots in the morning before I go to work. You know, they won't let me into work without steel-toed boots on. These shoes will not cut it. And if I come in with these, they're supposed to say, no, you go until you get the approved wear on your feet. So God's give us the, the boots. He's give us shoes. He's give us a, a robe. He's give us a girdle. He's give us what we need to labor. Let us take what God has given us, realizing the time, casting off, the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light. When you take off your pajamas, you don't take them with you. So we're, we're out of the night, we're in the day, let's lay those night clothes aside and not take them up any longer. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us walk honestly as in the day. So, you know, it's, it's still amazing. As, as far as our world has went into wickedness, and I, I hesitate to say, I, I don't believe we're anywhere near the wickedest that it's ever been in history. Maybe in our day, it may be as wicked today as it's been in our life, but this world's been a wicked place all the way back to Adam and Eve. Sin has corrupted and overrun and God's restrained many times through history but this world has reached great depths of wickedness 
But even as far as our world is today in deception and, and sin and iniquity, isn't it something that the majority of evil goes on when the sun goes down? You see that connection there. You, you read, I don't know, you'll start noticing it now. You read about a murder. How many of them at three in the morning on the street corner? You know what I think? What were you doing out there? If you hadn't been there and had been in the bed, you'd probably still be alive. You know, that, that's when the evil's taking place. It's after dark. It's covered up. It's not as open. It's hidden. It's in darkness. He says don't walk like it's night time. But walk like it's day. Not in riding. So let's get some meanings. A carousal. Letting loose. And drunkenness. Intoxication. Not in chambering. Cohabitation and wantonness, licentiousness, or unbridled lusts. Not in strife, a quarrel, or wrangling, and envying, heat, ardor, or jealousy. These things should not be named amongst the church. And I, I realize these are, these are great sins. And I, I don't believe they are named among us. And yet, at this time in Rome, you know, it's such a part of the culture. It's such a part of the people around them. It's such a part of, of the way they live day after day. And it is in our world as well. This is the way that the world lives. Cohabitation is nothing anymore. My God, we've that ship sailed and we're so much farther down than that. That amongst the world, that means nothing. But God's saying, you're not to be like the culture. Because the culture would approve of it, that does not mean that God has approved of it. And the lives of the church is to reprove the works of darkness. See, the church is light in the darkness of this world. And he says in Ephesians again, whatsoever doth make manifest is light. So the church is to manifest the darkness of these works by the purity of their lives. The cleanliness, bringing reproof, not in riding and drunkenness, chambering, wantonness, strife, and envying. Now you read all of those. Let's get the meanings one more time. Riding, a carousal, letting loose, a big party. Drunkenness, to be intoxicated. Chambering, cohabitation, living together outside of marriage. Wantonness, unbridled lust or licentiousness. I got a license to sin. Now, that sounds, that sounds way out there, don't it? And yet at the end... Not in strife, quarreling or wrangling, or envy, heat, ardor, or jealousy. That, don't, that doesn't sound like it belongs, does it? That sounds nothing like the rest of that list. 
Now that's the way we think in the, in the carnal. We think, well, that, that, that's not nowhere near as bad. You know why? Because we're not cohabitating and we're not getting intoxicated and we're not out at a big party in the world. But boy, the strife and the wrangling and the jealousy and the hatred towards another. You see, we're talking about here strife. We're talking about a wrangling with those that's around us and a, a, a fight almost as if a, a feud. I don't like them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want anything to do with them. And the, the envy. Now we could be jealous. God is a jealous God. And that's not a bad trait. He loves His bride and He expects her to be faithful to Him. In that way, that's good. Right? But here, this, this jealousy, this envying here, we're going way beyond that. And it's, well look, Vaughn's got this and I can't get that. And that makes me angry. And I'm mad at Vaughn for what God's give him. See, those things, that's to be expected in a world. A world that, where is their love again? It's on me. Timothy, perilous times shall come. Men shall be, what's the top of the list? For men shall be lovers of of their own selves. The church ought not be lovers of their own selves putting themselves before everyone else around them. We're to be opposite to the culture and society that's round about us. We're a part of a heavenly country. I am a citizen of the United States of America. I do live in Hot Springs, but I am a citizen of the heavenly country. I'm a citizen of the heavenly Jerusalem. I'm of the seed of Adam in the flesh, but that inward man... That man that's born of God, he's not of Adam. He's from God Himself. And so we're to live not in the old Adam man, but we're to live in the new man, representing the new life that God has given us. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord. As you walk in this world, let the Lord be what's seen. Not your pajamas... Not that it's shameful. That old life is shameful. Don't live like the old man. But put on the Lord. And as you walk, let folks see that you're invested. That's what the word means. To invest in a piece of clothing. To seek into. Let people see that you are invested in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do they see that? by your behavior and your conversation in this world. That's how they see that. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision. Forethought, provident care or supply. So the picture here is we're looking down the road and next week the parable is going to come due. I'm going to lay up $200 to make sure I've got what I need to cover that bill. Our van payment 
when we were paying on that, it, it come out the last day of every month. And so I knew this day they're going to take out the money. i got to make sure that that's there and ready for them. You know what I was doing? I was looking down the road and supplying for that need that was coming. So he says here, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So what's going on? Well, they're looking down the road and let's figure out how we can get some pleasure and enjoyment. And so the flesh, the flesh who loves to have his lusts and desires fulfilled, the flesh will put itself in a position and in a place that its desires and lusts might be fulfilled. Looking ahead, making plan, taking forethought as to how that I can get what I want. As to how that I can have my way. But I, I, believe, I believe we can see that. We can put ourselves in a place that sin's going to entice us and we're going to have a near impossible time getting out from under it. And if we hadn't taken that forethought, allowed ourselves to be put there, that trial may not have even came. But I, we've been talking here about the labor and the work and the time and opportunity that we have left. So don't make provision for the flesh. So he says, Jesus says, lay not up treasures on earth where moss and rust are corrupt, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So recognizing this, that the time is going by, our time of departure is nearing, the day of our salvation is nearer than when we believe, let us not be so uh, covered up with the things of this world, but let's recognize what's truly important. If you're not careful, the, the care and the good of this world will, can easily become what we're most concerned about. That the, the gain of this world is at first place and we let everything else ease back to there. Well, don't take forethought for the flesh. Don't, don't be desirous of laying up treasures for the flesh. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm not. I, I don't believe it's bad to work and to have. But the problem is when the love and desire of that steps in front of the labor and work of God. Paul said, if you didn't be risen with Christ, set your affection on things above and not on things beneath. Let your love, your uh, tenderest love and desire be towards the heavenly things that when it comes to a place of conflict, that the Lord's work be done. You see that? There's where the heads is, that the Lord's work to fulfill, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So listen, let's read just one more place. Ephesians chapter number 4. I've already quoted this. The ignorance of God that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. But, this is Ephesians 4 verse 20, little bitty verse. 
but ye have not so learned Christ. There has been the intervention of God in your life. And I recognize as you look around at the world, you know where the world's affections are? In the world. The world's affections are in the gain. The world's affections are in the pleasure of this life. And it's my nature. As iron sharpeneth iron, so doth a man the countenance of his friend. It's my nature to want what those around me want. Is that not true? It's my nature to be molded and that I want to think and do like they do. Uh, Here the church is called to be separate and to walk in the Lord Jesus Christ and not in the, the fleshly desires of this world. That's all that's on our heart. Anybody, anything you want?